I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show so if you want to retake something if you're like oh actually don't put that in the show whatever i confess something terrible after yeah it's happened douglas one of our guests has confessed to murder we can't tell you which one (laughs) because we didn't put it in the show probably someone really unlikely Right. Like, it was um, Isaac. So many, so many, so many damn books. Hello and welcome to So Many Damn Books. I am Christopher. I'm Drew. And we have Rachel Kong with us in the damn library. Uh, welcome, Rachel. Hello. Thank Hello. you for having me. Rachel is, uh, she grew up in Southern California uh, and holds degrees from Yale University. Uh, I don't know why I had to say <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, interesting. The university. The, the Yale yes. University. <laughs> Not the other one. And the, the one you were thinking of, not that one, the university. And the University of Florida. And uh, you were the managing editor and then executive editor of Lucky Peach magazine. Uh, your fiction has appeared, and nonfiction, have appeared in Joyland, American Short Fiction, the San Francisco Chronicle, The Believer, and California Sunday. Um, you also wrote or uh, collected in things all about eggs with the Lucky Peach editors. Yep. And uh, your new book, Goodbye Vitamin. That's what you're here to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and we're so glad you could come. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um, that part is always awkward because I'm just telling you stuff that you did. Yeah. But I'm well, telling the people. We, they're just not here. Or are they? No, they're not. So eggs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, eggs. Um, I, I love books about eggs. I have a... Um, I have Michael Rollman's egg cookbook, which is fantastic. That's a great book. Um, and I just, eggs, I mean, I eat them almost every single day of my life for multiple meals. Um, and so when I saw All About Eggs, I was so excited about it. And then having you on, not for that book, I felt like I still had to reference it in some way. So Yeah, <laughs> eggs are a big part of just the process. You know, there are eggs, a lot of eggs consumed in the writing of all about eggs. I would hope so. But also in the writing of Goodbye Vitamin, <laughs> lots of eggs just, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. Do you, what's your favorite way to... Uh, that is the worst question. That's I'm like, sorry. <laughs> like, what is your favorite book? The point of this whole egg conversation... <laughs> How we're taking our eggs today. Well, exactly. I did put an egg in the cocktail, which is something that I've always wanted to do, um, but never had the occasion for. And so um, I was looking up a bunch of different recipes and came upon this whiskey um, whiskey maple sour. Um, and I 
added classic bitters from Trader Joe's into the mix to shake it up, as well as um, some homemade by a friend of mine, Douglas fir bitters on top of the... So it's whiskey, egg white, uh, lemon, classic bitters, and then Douglas fir bitters. Maybe you should plug their... Their fake um, sellers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, MNKSellers.com. And uh, it's called The Forgetting Tree in a reference to Goodbye Vitamin. Nice. Because maple and Douglas fir, there's a lot of trees in there. There are lots of trees in the book and And then the the, the egg connection. It's also a delicious drink. Oh, I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad. Yeah, uh, I have always been sort of just scared of it because you don't want to make it poorly. But I, I I bought really nice eggs and I made sure to shake it for like a, an hour and my arms are tired. You did not make it poorly, friend. I'm and glad. you look very buff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, but thanks for saying <laughs> <that>. <laughs> So that's a drink. We're nice. Done, we're drinking it and uh, we should talk about books we bought now. Yes. Drew, do you want to talk for a second here? Sure. Um, I was up in Hudson recently and uh, just wandered into, you know, a used bookstore and found a copy of a book called Hawksmoor by Peter Ackroyd. Hawksmoor. Hawksmoor. Um, in the, the UK's Penguin Street Art editions where they took like 10 books from their list and had street artists, which I guess is decidedly different from graffiti because they also have a graffiti line mm-hmm. uh and they made new covers for it and the cover leapt out at me it's this sort of like ghostly old ye old englishman sort of screaming on the front of the cover and it is about christopher wren's protege deciding to build human sacrifices into the a bunch of the churches that he's building in Whoa. old london crossed with a detective in the 80s who's investigating murders at each of the churches. Whoa. And I was like, yep, yeah. I, will, so cool. I will pay $3 for this. This You're sounds like, this great. Is, I want to buy this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Hawksmoor does sound like the lair of an evil villain. Yeah, or it's the new BBC detective series. Oh, it is? Oh, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> that that was how believable it's that was. It's yeah, D.I. Exactly. Hawksmoor. Yeah. This is where it all starts, you guys. <laughs> Hawksmoor's big in two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know where it started. Um, uh, Rachel? <laughs> um, I am a big library borrower. Awesome. Nice. So I'm very selective, but um, I guess the last book that I bought was Hunger by Roxane Gay. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. And... I don't think I need to explain it because it's been <laughs> heavily documented, but I'm really excited about it because I feel like she's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's cool that we're living at the same time that she's writing. Like, that's, yeah. that's yeah. a neat thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to read that book too. Christopher? I, um, I was in San Francisco um, and visited one of my old favorite bookstores when I lived there, uh, Dog-Eared Books. Um, and they had, of that's course- right in my hood. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Um, and they uh, they had a, a lovely, gigantic Patricia Highsmith. This, uh, how many? I think that, like, we're going to, we're gonna, it's going to be difficult to find an episode of So Many Damn Books where I didn't mention Patricia Highsmith at True. some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this time I bought um, one of hers that last time I was bringing Patricia Highsmith up in a bar, someone's like, oh, my favorite is The Blunderer. 
Um, and so that's the one I bought because that person was so adamant that that was her best one because I guess the person who it's about didn't commit a murder, but because he's so clumsy and like keeps making mistakes, he, he, it looks more and more like he murdered his wife. Oh. Great. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited about that. Like a weird slapstick comedy. I was going to say, it sounds like comedy Highsmith. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh this poor guy. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We will see. Um, she loves she loves that cool tension. So sure we'll, does. We'll see how it actually plays out. But it it does sound like like something that Seth Rogen would star in. Like oh, I didn't murder my wife. Whoa. Uh, so I'm really excited to read it. The pitches are just coming fast and furious today on our show, <laughs> Hollywood. If you're listening, we're ready to be optioned. <laughs> So, Goodbye Vitamin. So, Goodbye Vitamin. Your debut novel. It's so great. It's such a great it family is. novel. It's like silly. It's tragic. Can you tell the listener who might not know your book what it's about? Sure. Um, so, it is about a, a grown adult daughter who goes home to ostensibly take care of her father when she quite quite she can't quite take care of herself <laughs> um and you know things in her life have not quite gone the way that she's planned she mostly says yes to her mom who asked her to stay because she's not sure what else to do for that year really um so it's kind of part yeah uh family drama part breakup book part um like slacker comedy Mm -hmm. it's a few different things and i have to say that i am still pretty bad at describing what it's about (laughs) and i also at the same time feel really um like i just cringe whenever there's any marketing copy or anyone tries to describe it which i know is like a horrible is not both of those things cannot coexist right like i have to figure out how to talk (laughs) about it or i have to just like accept that people are going to say things about it but whenever somebody says like, oh, it's funny, I'm like, oh no, don't say it's funny because like, what if someone expects that it's going to be funny? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, and That's then so it's nice. not, it's not funny enough. Or like <laughs> if it's, uh, so the, the father has Alzheimer's, but I'm also really hesitant to kind of make that really central because it's not a book about that really. And right. it's not about, you know, watching that decline really. He's, he's just been diagnosed and it's not really, um yeah like things have not gotten super dark and it's not it would be disappointing to somebody who was looking for an alzheimer's novel right you know well that's why i brought up the corrections with uh, jonathan franzen because like that is a character who has alzheimer's and it's very much about that but i thought that was sort of interesting that even though there's a character the ma- a main character of the book has alzheimer's you're right it's like really not about that either yeah. um and i think that that that's actually one of the one of the things I really loved about this book and is it's just a very, it's a very controlled narrative in a way because like Ruth is trying to control her life as much as she can. Um, and she's trying to keep control because everything's spiraling around her a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And one way is just by, yeah, really zeroing in on stuff. It's yeah. a pretty small short book. It is. Yeah. I, I really liked the way that the structure moves through the book because at the beginning she really it's it feels almost like a diary 
and it's like this day and it sort of documents like almost the whole day and then as the book goes on she starts to relinquish uh, she starts to relinquish control a little bit yeah and let's like by the end it's just a month and then it's just things that are happening and i'm curious to know where that structure came from mm. yeah a lot of it was um reading it over and over again and trying to figure out what felt uh what pacing felt right at the beginning you know she's just getting back home she's trying to get her bearings and at least for me when I go home to my parents house as a grown person um you know there's a lot of boredom and <laughs> a lot of snacking mm-hmm. and it's um it feels like time passes really slowly and so I feel like for Ruth time is passing slowly for a lot of different reasons reasons she's also grieving she's also yeah not sure what to make of things at home her dad's being pretty weird and doesn't want to talk to her so the the sort of diary-esque sections in the beginning are kind of more rote or something they're just like you know describing this is what I did today and now I'm you know cleaning the drain in the bathroom um (laughs) partly because there's not much to report and these really small victories that happen are when her dad says something to her or decides that he will, you know, grunt at her. (laughs) Yeah. Like at one point in the book, they all go to Disneyland. Um, And I feel like in another book, you would have gotten the author's like true viewpoint on Disneyland and like really would have seen like a like described it. and it was just like no Disneyland's Disneyland she's like focused on her dad having a good time so like that's yeah that's what came through is is um is is that and I, I think that that's like a true how to see the voice of this book is that it's like it really is voice driven and it's about Ruth's take on everything someone actually brought up um in an early draft maybe a couple of years ago a friend of mine who was reading the draft was like okay so Ruth I don't think this is spoiling anything but Ruth goes to the Oscars with her friend Bonnie to mm-hmm. just be a seat filler oh, yeah. and that's like a real job that you can have is to just go to the awards ceremony and make people just to make people think that the Oscars is really well attended which it should be <laughs> uh, and it certainly looks that way because people are hired to just sit in these seats and mm-hmm look nice so Ruth and her friend Bonnie go to sit in these seats and Brad Pitt is sitting like not far away and so when my friend read this book she was like that's like kind of a big moment (laughs) Brad Pitt is just right there um and I don't you know I kind of breeze past it and I think that was really interesting to me to just have this character who's like a little bit uh kind of off but also in a surprising way, I guess, you know, that that scene was not really about Brad Pitt, but later about her talking about her career and how she feels adrift and what is she going to do next? Um, right. Well, I mean, she's the sort of character who knows who Brad Pitt is and yeah. knows that she like how close she is in proximity. But like, that's where her interest stops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. What else do you do with that? Brad Pitt is there. Yeah. Just enjoy yeah. the moment. <laughs> <laughs> You were sort of saying this that it's like it's it, you can't say it's 
just a funny book and you can't say like it's a tragic book or or heartbreaking only um it really does play the like jump rope with that line of comedy and tragedy and one of the great things that gets set up really early is um her dad is a history professor and he's got this she sets up that she's having this they're having this fake class that's not real that people are all sort of in on that he doesn't actually have a class to teach but people like him enough that they want to take a class with him anyway um and so you're waiting for that sort of mousetrap that's been set of like, is this going to be a comic scene that's going to come up when he finds out that his class isn't real? Or is it going to be so heartbreaking? Yeah. Um, and I think that that tension is like, is really great. Um, I don't know. There's no question there. But <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I guess, I mean, a thing that I thought, because I felt the same way. And even when you're reading that scene, uh, and I won't, totally give it away but you could read it sort of as like a a dark comedy or you could read it as something like really heartbreaking and sad and and either one feels like a totally valid way to Mm -hmm. read it and so i'm just curious to know really how you found the balance of like Mm -hmm. not being too funny but also there are these moments that are just like i mean i laughed on nearly every page yeah even like a turn of phrase that i was just like that's but it is the kind of humor that's not um drinking warm lemonade and eating cold hot dogs like that's like enough yeah. right there like that's a like yeah. that yeah that's funny but it's not it's not seth rogan funny yeah. i guess you <laughs> yeah. know um and i'm curious about how you found the balance of it um yeah i mean it was a lot of just thinking about what was palatable to me you know i didn't i i think that just the books that i'm drawn to are not straight up comedies or satires or just sad tragedies they all the ones that I really love and think about you know and that stick with me are the ones that balance all of the things right because that's kind of what life is too is just like oh you could be happy in the morning because of um like a good uh I don't know. Like, night sleep? Night, yeah, good night's sleep. And then like really upset in the afternoon because you just had one bad encounter. Like there's so many moods yeah. that happen in a day. Um, people are not... Yeah, pe- and people as people are not just sad or just happy or um, completely humorless, even very serious people, you know, will mm-hmm. crack a joke now and then. So I just wanted it to reflect life in that way and also yeah again just be something that that I could stand reading that I wouldn't like hate after reading you know for the hundredth time like oh my god you're being so serious here or you're hamming it up too much you know I just wanted it to to feel right to me and I don't think that it will feel right to everyone like I think it is like definitely a very specific taste that I have and that um maybe is also like just how I live life but you know like I feel like for someone else they'd be like oh this is not treating this like disease with respect or something but Mm -hmm. I think that for me like the way to get at like the heartbreak of all these situations was to also um, crack jokes about them because yeah when you're sad like you have to deal somehow and usually for me that's by like you know like elbowing someone in the ribs and like saying something inappropriate (laughs) yeah i'm curious if you are like 
if you have close jokey relationships with your family not not is this your family because like that's yeah. never an interesting question yeah but i read this and i was like this is somebody who like i see my sister and i yeah in the, the relationship between ruth and her brother mm-hmm. yeah i definitely um it's in a different way because my family they are immigrants and so my parents sometimes like we're making jokes like me and my brothers are making jokes at their expense like you know they're not quite getting something so we definitely have this like yeah jokey relationship it's a little bit different than it is in the book but certainly like with my husband mostly we only joke (laughs) sometimes we have difficulty talking about the serious things (laughs) well i think that that was that was one of the big takeaways for me from this book and it's something that maybe it's just like i'm coming to terms with as i turn 30 um it's just that like there's no such thing as solving problems yeah like it you solve it for now and like you'll see if that comes up again like every it's just and it definitely will yeah yeah Yeah. um and like the the whack-a-mole of this book is really like you she's like okay i've kind of dealt with this thing and then like something else pops up and she never actually dealt with the other thing really and that was part of it too i just wanted you know i i wanted the book to span a year and i didn't want things to be neatly resolved i didn't want anyone to like die or get married or just anything big and milestone to happen I just wanted it to be this snapshot of the year and yeah I mean I think hopefully there is like this sort of arc to it but it just felt more important to me to like capture moments between people Mm. more than like tell a complete story yeah that makes it nicer than and like I loved Jonathan Tropper's this is where I leave you but that book has this like very saccharine ending where it's sort of and this, I was like, oh, yeah, life goes on. Mm-hmm. Like, life goes on. It does have, but it did feel like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want, pe- I wouldn't want someone in the way that you're kind of saying, like, I wouldn't, wouldn't someone to like walk away from this uh, podcast and think that like there isn't a ending to this book. And it does yeah. feel like it does sure, yeah. reach a concluding sort of yeah. sequence. Um, Do you feel like you've got your the internet critic like in your head it seems like you're kind of talking about that in um in all of the ways that you're talking about like is that is that your own critic or is that like the world at large i think it's my own critic i mean i've mostly been avoiding reading anything because i feel like the good reviews are are not as good as the bad reviews are bad you know just like again talking about like how your day goes right like i just don't at this point, I'm like, I can't react to however any random person feels about my book at all times. Um, <laughs> but responding to your question, I mean, I feel like I I do feel more removed from it now and like that critic of my own thing because I, I started this so long ago. It was finished, you know, in 2015. Hmm. Oh, wow. I guess I revised it, you know, a couple times um, pretty lightly, but the publishing process is so long and there's a lot of time obviously to like overthink things and like think about what you could have done better. And, um, so that's sort of, yeah, that's like the voice that I have in my head right now of like, um, you know, I, I actually reread the book for the first time in a long time on the plane right here this morning and was like, Oh gosh, like what have I, like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I do feel like, 
you know, talking about like... Is that the first time since like you turned in the draft? Like you're like, well, this is copy edited? The or first whatever? time since, yeah, I had to go through those copy edits. So it's been definitely a few... Like 18 months or something? Um, I don't know if that long, but maybe like... Yeah, like something like six or eight months. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, like... That, yeah, that's a you long You forget time. a lot <laughs> that you've written. <laughs> and... Um, yeah. So, so it is, I think it is mostly just, you know, like when you're revising your own work, there's that kind of foreign voice in your head. That's like, what were you even thinking when you wrote this? Um, that's a little bit of what, what I'm feeling right now, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye vitamin has this sort of idiosyncratic structure that, um, it leads to a lot of jokes of just like a day ending and then moving into the next day. Like there's, there's sort of like a punchline in just like the way of moving from one day to the next sometimes. And, uh, and there's shorter entries and longer ones, but, but, uh, depending on the day and depending on what happened in them. Uh, and in that same way, the book that you recommended, uh, which is, uh, Mary Robeson's, why did I ever, um, there it is a weird idiosyncratically structured book um that really gets a lot of mileage out of how it ends its sections and moves into the next one and it was so much fun and when people are of course people ask you while you're reading a book especially if you're reading it in public at all they're like what's that book about um and i i would always like look off into the distance like um <laughs> <laughs> it's about a woman um do you want to try like why did you bring this book to us like what did what made you want us to want to talk about yeah i mostly wanted to reread it Uh um i think that the first time i read it was a long time ago now maybe like nine ten years ago and i feel um it is really in the dna of my book and you know i have cited Mary a lot as an influence because she's one of my teachers at the University of Florida. Wow. And um, it is just, you know, like there's nothing like it. It's just such a weird book. Um, The structure is strange. The character is kind of, I mean, she's addicted to Adderall is one way to describe her. (laughs) Um, So that's another reason for like these really short, kind of um attention deficit deficient (laughs) sections yeah but you i mean as far as like being addicted to adderall is concerned like you would think that that would make it seem like it was like fast and yeah like you know like manic yeah and it is it does it is manic but it's like a languorous yeah and um, it focuses on again like uh, details that you maybe would not have pulled out of particular moments, I guess. Yeah. Oh, wait, um, should I try to summarize it, I guess? Oh, yeah, you can um, summarize it if you like. I, mean, I did I a know. terrible job Well, so yeah, I, I guess it's so... I actually looked in the, you know, the inner page for the Library of Congress. Description oh, or oh, yeah, it just yeah. says middle-aged women. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so messed up. That is messed that, up. That, like, does not... Jeez. Does not say anything about the book. It's not it at all. Um, and, yeah, and also the marketing copy doesn't say anything at all it's basically i don't know it's not basically anything but it's about a woman 40 something ish who you know has a 
she's ostensibly like writing a movie. Yes, employed. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. a about, writer. She's she's writing. Or she's either script doctoring. She's a script doctor, I think. Uh, yeah, a movie about a woman uh, chasing Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also she also just randomly goes on drives into the American South for a while, yeah. and her cat is lost for a while. And she has a daughter who used to be addicted to heroin and is now addicted to methadone, and a son who was just involved in this really gruesome rape that we never really know much about any details yeah because she does she constantly is like i don't want to feel that i don't want to remember it like she constantly is trying to get yeah she's avoiding it for sure she's also dating this younger man who she's relentlessly making fun of um well yeah well she makes fun of anyone who yeah. deigns to enjoy her at all <laughs> yeah um which is, another... is making fun of us right now yeah yeah i mean it's it's got that same thing of like deep tragedy and deep comedy the whole time it's like she's always um something tragic happens and she'll always like find a way to make some sort of joke um mm-hmm. about it or just like skitter off in an entirely different direction right There's a a lot of the the things that I have read about it. The copy, people are citing Joan Didion and play it as it lays. It felt to me like a cross between that book and Bukowski's Hollywood, mm-hmm. in the okay. sense of like people writing a screenplay, but they're not really working on it. They're like they're drinking, they're talking to other people, they're going on weird drives. With that same like occasionally she will write these short bursts. So the book is structured in uh, these short like numbered index card paragraphs basically and right. some of them have these searing the, insights into like the south into politics and you're like whoa where'd that come from especially yeah. television like she's constantly like watching television and hating herself while watching television <laughs> yeah yeah and there's actually i think there's over 500 sections of this book for a book that's 200 pages yeah um if that gives you any idea of how short these sections are they're just like sentences sometimes there'll be a sentence or a phrase or a couple sentences and i think the longest one goes on for like three pages and that's, oh yeah that's and like, it is noticeable too when it happens yeah definitely i remember being like wait a minute oh and some of them are numbered and some of them are actually titled, are titled yeah i uh, don't know why that is yeah me neither um but i guess you know i was looking at i was looking up like the writing of this book and she was saying that she was completely writer's block she couldn't write anything and so she was just like anytime she came up with a sentence that was worthy she was just writing it down on a note card yeah and then she looked at all of her note cards and was like okay is there a structure i can find here um that is a really useful way to deal with writer's block is just (laughs) write sentences down on note cards another layer to that is that she does in real life again like it doesn't matter whether or not it's autobiographical but she does in real real life have um, kind of like difficult family situations. So I remember her saying that she would drive her car out in the middle of the night or just at really odd hours because that was the only time she could get away. And that was when she would write these single sentences on index cards in her car because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she had to kind of steal away to do them. That was something that um, I forgot about until... You know, I, I was saying, 
at the beginning of the show that I was visiting California and you can't visit California and not drive at some point. Like yeah. someone will make you drive. Um, and I, uh, I was driving and it's crazy. Like I forgot that you actually come up with a lot of stuff when you're driving. Like you really yeah. do. Like there's nothing, there's something about being on the road and like the, um, amount of space in your brain that driving takes up yeah that like somehow like the rest of your brain can do some work yeah I think part of it too is just your subconscious acting up right because when you're driving you can you know you're not totally attentive you kind of turn <laughs> off parts of your brain and you're just existing in this kind of almost like a dream state mm-hmm. and that's when these things can come to you and um yeah, and you can be surprised by thoughts you have. Right. Whatever. That's how I feel about running, um, which yeah, is a very, it feels sure. like much Similar more of an thing. East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. That's the East Coast thing. Thing difference. Yeah. Um, I, I like that about airports, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yes. It's one of these books because it's a cult following. So when you discover it, you feel like very much like, I discovered this book. Um, and so I was reading a... Um, I guess it was a vice columnist talking about discovering it. Yes. Yeah. And he he was saying that he was like, you could read this book like hopscotch, um, mm-hmm. that Cortazar book mm-hmm. where you can just read oh. it any order you want. And I actually really wholeheartedly disagree with that idea. Like this, the way that the, that the book moves forward is really important. And like, I, I feel like it's a, a misreading to think that you could read it in any order. Yeah. I think that that, yeah, it doesn't give her credit for constructing this really like a beautiful shape of a book. I was sad when it ended because I didn't I didn't have that same feeling that I did feel at the end of your novel where I was like that was a conclusion to this mm-hmm. moment in Ruth's life. Mm-hmm. Um this uh this felt feels definitely like just a dot 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 like it could yeah. just there could have been like an a thousand page book of this. Yeah. I Oh man, now I'm thinking about the hopscotchiness. There's this book um, called Composition Number One, mm-hmm. where it's unbound and the, it's like in a box. And the idea is that you're meant to scatter the pages and then read it in whatever order. And now I'm I'm trying to think about doing something like that. And I feel like this book comes close to that at times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is something so sad, like especially as she occasionally glances off of her son Polly's whole thing, and it builds that by the end when that all of a sudden does take not quite center stage but it comes close yeah there's something really satisfying about mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. i mean in this you know just like the the losing and of the cat sequences <laughs> like that's one thing that really grounds her and and actually really sort of speaks to her emotional state yeah for sure um i love how much she hates her job um she just despises it and is uh, like her agent is i mean holy cow like is a is a champ for sticking with her because she seems like (laughs) crazy like and and it's so funny like her add ends up really helping her in a few scenes like people are just like oh that's a very interesting point i love that scene where she says something she just blurts out something random and they're like we really love it. (laughs) This is just what we were looking for. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. She clearly doesn't respect Hollywood or, or movie the world that she's in at all and thinks it's all bunk. And I think that that's like, was really fun. It was really funny. There's, I think one point where 
uh, they're described as talking squashes, <laughs> which I just really loved. The job is talked about. She talks a lot about how she doesn't like the job. We never really see her doing the job really right. or just the script at length. And I really love that in books when maybe you hear about somebody somebody being an artist or um, I don't whatever, a singer, and you you, you know, kind of understand what they do. It's alluded to we get these really brief descriptions of them but they aren't dwelled on because i feel like they're just never as good as you want them to be yeah like, what you could imagine is so much better than her describing in detail like well in this case it doesn't apply because the script sucks anyway she could have made up a bad script but like if you were learning about an artist in a book and the artist um had this amazing painting and then if the writer goes on to describe it i'm sometimes like oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we uh, we Listeners of the show, uh, we talked about Woman Number Seventeen. Uh huh. I love and, like, that book. That she, uh, that she is like depicting a bad artist at some time yeah. points. Um, and I think that 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 sort of also applies here. Like she's n- she is a good sing- like it's so funny. She ends up being good at her job sometimes, yeah. but it's always just purely by accident. Yeah. Yeah. It's not because she's a good scriptwriter or she cares about the craft at all. Um, yeah. It seems like. You know, she actually has to be babysat. Like they have to put her in hotel <laughs> oh, rooms I and not let that. her leave. You like send people over to be like, hi, here's food. Are you working? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I now feel regretful that I said that it was a, that I led with the fact that she is addicted to Adderall or Ritalin because I feel like she's maybe like under medicated. You know, she's like a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, she keeps like over overtaking it yeah, yeah yeah she's she's skeptical of the amount that she's been prescribed um, <laughs> right, the but there's also that part where she's like valium that's a great drug do you remember that <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i think she's experimenting with multiple substances yeah well you can't you can ne- you can't pin her down also yeah. we haven't even talked about that the fact her name yes is money <laughs> oh my god and i have to admit i am i am not easily entertained by stupid jokes yeah but holy <laughs> shit when her boyfriend you totally is just are making entertained money, by stupid jokes yeah fair enough when <laughs> yeah. he's just and like they're in all caps and i'm like that's exactly how i oh. would do it the thing of like show me the money yeah, <laughs> yeah every all of uh dicks right dixon or dicks dicks, dicks yeah uh, all of his money jokes and she's furious about all and of like them. when they're in a bar and she's like i could tell people are like watching him weird as he's like i'm watching my money walk yeah. away <laughs> and her name is actually monica you find out once and really late yeah. yeah yeah maybe in the last last little section and she says like all right I don't know. I, yeah. I guess that's a spoiler, but that's not really a spoiler. Really a spoiler. If, you're, if you're going into this book like no spoilers, you're not gonna. <laughs> yes. There's no such thing as a spoiler in this book. I mean, yeah, there really well, isn't. We could just tell you a bunch of facts, and you would still delight in the book. I think. Yeah, because some of them would show up relatively early, and you'd be like, "Oh." Um, and what's really nuts? Uh, you were we were looking this all up um, before, but this book is out of print. It's um it's about to come back into print by the same publisher who brought it out in 2001 or 2002. Yeah, uh, it'll be out press. in early 2018 uh, in a new edition. Yeah, um, which is great because 
more people should read it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to also know now, like, this feels like one of those books that it's a good thing, obviously, that it's coming back into print, but also the like cultishness. I bet there are authors who have this on their shelf. Yeah. And it, it has become that thing where like subconsciously or otherwise, it is a book that changes how they have written ever since they read it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that for a fact that um, like Jenny Offal cites it mm-hmm. for, you know, oh, Department right. of Speculation. So, and I don't know about Maggie Nelson. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't, yeah. Or like Sarah Manguso or something, you know? But like yeah. Jenny Offal for sure talked specifically about writer's block and just how she did what Mary did, which was write sentences on note cards, which is really encouraging to think about if you are stuck just write things on no cards and then you'll wind up with department of speculation <laughs> uh that's um yeah it, it's sort of like one of those uh writers writers or directors director or yeah. like she she does seem like mary robeson seems like she would but i think anybody that i i don't think that there is like this yeah. is the audience for this book like yeah i think you are you listener we are, are talking the audience. straight to you yeah you would enjoy this book Probably, maybe not. I don't know. I think so. I, I think, think so, though. Yeah, I think there's something. It's, and even if we're wrong, I mean, it's only 200 pages. Exactly. Like. <laughs> She's so good at picking out words that sound good together. There's this phrase in there that's just, I think it's moon canoe ukulele. She's just <laughs> repeating a. F- a series of words someone has said to her and she just puts them together, like smashes them together in this amazing way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think that everyone was... has like that specific set of words that like sounds good to them or like, I think that <laughs> there are aesthetics, right? Like when you, when you're a reader or a writer, like you like certain words, maybe mm-hmm. of certain uh, lineages or whatever, but for her, like that's like my perfect word set, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's like a, as a teen writing cellar door on my hand because <laughs> I was in Don Jericho. Um, there's stuff like that. I can I can imagine there's the teenager who writes down... Uh, moon canoe oh, ukulele. Yeah, moon canoe ukulele. <laughs> Maybe in 2018. Tattoos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come back into print. So you can just be like, this one. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the book I'm recommending I, right now. I got, my, I got my copy from the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think, one of the greatest compliments of to to get a book from the library and then decide like no i'm gonna i need to buy it yeah (laughs) for sure so when it comes back out into print i'm definitely gonna buy yeah copy my copy also admittedly from a library i bought it used it's from a library like 20 minutes from where i grew up and the the last checkout receipt was in it and (gasps) fell out yeah what Uh, else did they check out from april 2012 they checked out this book and on dvd the film kingdom of heaven yeah. Well, that's a that's a hell of a night. That's a fun hell of a night. A, I know. It's a fun weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like somewhere, somewhere at that time, Orlando Bloom was like, "What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Maybe he's one of the cult cult readers of this book." Yeah. This is, we obviously all recommend this to you, but let's uh <clears throat> let's talk about our other thing. That let's talk about other books we recommend. What do you oh, guys yeah. think? You want to sure. do that too? Do you have do you have something to kick us off? Me? Yeah. Me. 
me the co-host of our show <laughs> sure you the guy who does this approximately every other week uh yes i did write something down um yeah well it um samantha hunt has a short story collection coming out or it came out i don't know with dates and things but uh it's called the dark dark and it is fantastic um in so many ways but there's it was one of these books that um i often read in bars and uh anytime someone would ask me what I was reading, I would end up just telling them the plot of the story that I was reading. Cause it's, she plots these short stories. There's actually like deep things that like, there's enough for a novel in almost every single one of these short stories. Yeah. Um, and even explaining the plot, it doesn't give, it doesn't take away from like experiencing each one of these. My favorite one was about um, this guy who accidentally kills a woman's dog and then brings the dog like, up to the house and they have this whole thing that happens it's amazing yeah um they're crazy stories i i mean i don't think it's giving it away i really don't that the dog comes back to life like it's like like read this book it's insane oh my yeah gosh. it's so cool and it's got a really cool um raw shock <laughs> you got it you got it on the first one man raw shock um wow. block cover um that i like i love what those. do you see in it um there's Short definitely story. a deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's my thing. You read it too. Um, yeah. But do you want to recommend a book that's different than that? Sure. Um, How to Set a Fire and Why by Jesse Ball, Ooh. which just recently came out in paperback. I've had it in hardcover since it came out last year. Mm-hmm. I've read all of Jesse's other work and loved all of it. And I finally got around to this and I was so, I was blown away. Uh, it is it is like a triumph of voice. He writes if you had read all of his other stuff and then you read this book, you would it's immediately a Jesse Ball book. It has the mm-hmm. form, it has sort of the feel, but he's writing from the point of view of this high school girl. It's like a a, a cross between the two girls in Marlena and um the little girl in two AM at the cat's pajamas. <laughs> Weirdly. Okay. All right. And it, it's right just up like, my alley. And he sustains it the whole time. And you're like, where did this come from? Uh, And it cemented for me um, a couple weeks ago, Rosecrans Baldwin asked about authors who would like we buy on the day of. And I realized as I was reading this book, like, oh, yeah, I will buy everything that Jesse writes (laughs) the day that it comes out. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I get that. It's so good. It's so good. All right, I'm so excited. I'll jump in that right away. Rachel? Uh, Rachel? Oh, Rachel. man. I mean, all right. Well, I think I recommend, <laughs> uh, well, I definitely recommend, it's just hard to pick what, um, I recommend Arbitrary Stupid Goal by oh, Tamara Shopson. I just yeah. got a finished copy of that. It looks so good. It yeah. looks amazing. Well, she designed it too, so that's oh, why cool. it looks so good. Cool. Um, so Tamara Shopson is... Uh, an illustrator and designer who is also the daughter of Kenny Shopson. And if you're here in New York, you might have been to Shopson's the diner. He's this kind of famously curmudgeonly cook who has an (laughs) amazingly long menu, uh, will kick people out, sometimes gets angry over small things. Um, But the book is all about kind of growing up in the restaurant and, under Kenny and um, is a lot about just New York 
in a different earlier age and it's really cool you know just very artist filled and um she's another of those writers that I think has an interesting perspective and picks out really strange details like that you know that's my favorite kind of writing right like uh she puts names to really common things using words that you wouldn't have thought of I guess um and so she comes at it from this uh yeah really idiosyncratic perspective and it's just a really delightful fun book can she wrote um i another yes memoir that i uh, mumbai mumbai new york scranton there might be another city in there okay yeah um i haven't read that one either how do they compare to each other they are both so good um i mean i would read her first book first just because that one's not really about her dad this one is um very much more focused on her father and Chopsons itself but that previous memoir is about her having a brain tumor actually and just this crazy time in her life um, and also about a lot of travel in those three cities you know so they're both yeah just very like voice driven like really um really special and not like anything you would ever read it's not Mm. sectioned it's not like really uh organized in a way that's super familiar it's just these again like little sentences a lot of white space um and some illustrations and photos too because she's like a very visual person cool cool i love that stuff yeah i'm really excited about it yeah that just jumped up my stack it did me too thank you so much for um your books and uh coming on the show we really we really loved goodbye vitamin everyone should go uh say goodbye to the amount of money that it costs and buy it nice i was wondering where you're going with that one i also i also was wondering Uh, but it's so good, and we we uh, we loved Mary Robeson too. I I really think this changed my DNA of yeah. writing too. Great, so. definitely. Yeah, thank you guys for having me and for the forgetting tree. Oh the yeah, delicious no problem. Um, I was happy to make it. Uh, and uh, you know, people who listen to this show, you guys, we would love some iTunes reviews. If you haven't done that yet, we really appreciate when those come out. You don't even know the amount of exclamation points I send to Drew every when we, time when we have one <laughs> every time um, and we also have this thing it's a Patreon um, if you want to help us out with the show if you want to support that is awesome we got cool stuff there patreon.com slash smdb you won't know what the secrets are until you until you pay us some money yeah we we, we really which is not extortion secrets. when I've you say goodbye to your money on hey. patreon.com <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, okay bye bye this fire yeah. I saw you.